Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not perceive those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangels, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Thank you for joining us, Pearls with Veronica. Thank you for tuning us on Tuesday night at 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Join us and share the file. I'm Jerry Woods Live Worldwide, and welcome to Positive Power, that works at Christian Media. Good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening. I hope you all had a wonderful day. It is so good to be here with you all. And it is indeed my pleasure having you tune in to Pearls with Veronica, episode 17, if I'm not mistaken, as we become transparent about our loss and grief journey as we continue living forward on Jerry Royce Live on Positive Power, XXI Christian Media. From my heart to yours, the loss of one child is devastating, but the loss of all of my children can be misunderstood by many. Understand that love never dies. Grief is for a lifetime. It is a club that my guests cannot leave. But I do know for a fact that she has joy, 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 unspeakable joy. Born and raised in Savannah, Georgia, Georgette was educated in the public schools in Chatham County and graduated from Windsor Forest High School in 1977. Georgette is the loving mother of two daughters and a son who have all gone on to be with the Lord. However, she has been, she is the proud grandmother of five beautiful grandchildren, two of which were left in her care after the passing of her daughter, Dee. Georgette demonstrates great compassion for the brokenhearted and is known as an encourager and inspiration to those who know her. In her spare time, she enjoys spending time with her grandchildren as well as other family members and friends. Georgette also loves to steal away, remember, steal away, steal away to a quiet place to read and to write as she hears from God. God. Georgette is a published author of three books, 30 Days of Divine Rest, Heart to Heart, and Inspiration in the Morning. She is also a podcast host of Get a Grip, Grace, Restoration, Inspiration, and Prayer. That can be heard on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, and iHeartRadio. Welcome, Georgette. 
How are you this Thank evening? Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm fine, Veronica. How are you? I'm well. I am well. I am so Good. happy to have you as my guest tonight. Um, you know, I, we met before now. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, <laughs> been a, it's been a while. However, I am elated to have you on here tonight to share your story, you know, with our listeners and, you mm-hmm. know, just tell the people how you have dealt with the loss of, you know, all three of your children and right. how your grandchildren have brought you so much joy, how you're living yeah. forward, how you, you know, how your your foundation. Let's begin. Tell us about Georgette. Okay, let's see. <laughs> Um, Georgette, like you said, um, I still say I am a mother. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm a mother of three children. They just have all gone on to be with the Lord. So I I will always be their mother. Amen. And um, I'm a grandmother of five children, like you said. And I am a published author. I mean, you've already said who I am. I, I don't know what else to add. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but I, um, I'm a servant at heart. I love um, inspiring people. I love giving people um, hope. I love offering people the hope that I have found in Jesus Christ. And, and I like helping people through um, to walk through their journey of grief, you know, helping them learn how to, to keep living and to love again and to just in, enjoy life again, you know, no matter how it's difficult, but it is doable. And mm-hmm. I'm also mm-hmm. the founder of a nonprofit organization um, that we hope one day to purchase a home to house single homeless women to help them get back on their feet. Wonderful, and, wonderful. And what's yeah. the name of that organization? Oh, yeah, it's Divine Rest Incorporated. Which is a 501c3 501c3. Yes, it is. Yes. Yes. So we've been in existence since 2008. And I know you've done a lot of things in the community. Um, And I know one of the things that you've done is um, provide, um, like, I know we have a lot of homeless people in Savannah. And I think they're called the bridge. They have a certain name for them. We're calling them the bridge people. I know they set up tents under the bridge right. at times. And I know you've mm-hmm. done like, you know, um, water <laughs> um, right, and and blankets, you know, for the winter time and, you know, the keeping mm-hmm. them refreshed in the summertime because they need, you know, water as well. Oh, yes, yes. And that that's hey. the water is a valuable commodity. And that's one of the first things that when God gave me this ministry was to take bottled water to them. And it, it's something that I thought was, um, I didn't think that that was enough, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, <laughs> you want me to take bottled water? I'm like, really? I know those people, you know, need more than that. But <laughs> I would tell you that the first time we went and took that bottle of water, it was like we were giving them a million dollars because they were so happy to have those cases of bottled water because, you know, they don't exactly. have easy access to it like we do. You know, right, we'll take right. a sip out of a bottle, and then next thing you know, we're throwing it away. But them, they need it for everything, you know, not only for drinking, but for, for bathing, for cooking. So it, it it was very, you know, God showed me through them that, you know, just how important cases of bottled water is to them. 
take us back to, I'm going to um, take us back to the, the loss of your son. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was um, 22 years old um, at the time when I lost my son. And um, he and um, he and his, and his father, we weren't married at the time, but we were living together. And, and um, my son was born on August the 1st. And I woke up one, you know how you put him down to bed and you wake up in the middle of the night to check on him. He was in his crib. Right. And I, I got up to check on him and he was he was already stiff. He was not moving. And and so we called the ambulance and, and they came and they pronounced him dead, you know, right there in the home. And they said he died from SIDS, which is sudden yes. infant death syndrome. Yes. Yes. And that, that was that was not my first experience with death, but it was the um, the first experience personally with um, my a child, one of my children, because um, he was the baby and he was the son um, that we prayed for, you know, because I had two daughters already. So I'm like, Lord, please bless me with a son. So I wanted a son so badly, you know. So when he was born. In August, so I mean, I was I was thrilled. I was elated. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got my son. So now I'm, I'm done. I'm not. <laughs> I'm right. It's about those sons. Yeah, you know, <laughs> always wanted a son. Yeah, something about those sons, and I just wanted, you know, to experience that having a son. And then um, on October the 15th, yeah, that's when he passed. So he only lived. I only had him for two months. And so that was, you know, pretty rough because at, at that time, at 22 years old, I mean, I was born and, and raised in church and, and, and knew God, or I would say knew of God, but I didn't have that personal relationship with him, you know, right. I, because I, you know, was going to church, you know, with my mother, with my grandmother and my aunt and three different um, denominations, you know, Baptist, Methodist, <laughs> Pentecostal. <laughs> well, you got a mix of everything. So just, you got the calmness. A of everything, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Give me some Pentecostal. Yeah, that mixture is good. The mixture is good. good. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and I and I often, you know, well, I think about him all the time, wondering. You know what he would have become. You know what he would have been doing now. What, what his career would have been. And at, at that age, I because I didn't have that that close, intimate relationship um, with God. It took me a, a lot longer to to go through the grief process. Mm-hmm. And that's because I didn't have that close relationship. I, I didn't. I wasn't praying back then. You know so. I didn't know what to do. So I went right. into a depression and, you know, but had it not been for, you know, family members and and my church family who constantly, you know, prayed for me and and stood in the gap for me when I couldn't pray for myself, you know, that eventually that helped me go through that process and, and come out on the other side. So it's a, it's a big difference when, you have that relationship with God and, and go through grief process and when you don't. Amen. That is so yeah. very true. Because if you don't mm-hmm. have that relationship with him, you know, then your your, your thoughts are all over the place. Your your mind, yes. your, your mentally, you're all over the place. Emotionally, you're exactly. all over the place. 
you know, and That's then, like right. you said, the um, anxiety and depression, and then, like you said, the depression kicked in, and had it not been for, you know, your village praying for you to to, mm-hmm. to, um, to push you and, and do the pressing, because you didn't know how to, so that's no, everybody I, else had to stand, mm-hmm. in the, stand in the gap. <laughs> that's right. You know, you that's right. Stand in the gap. Stand in the gap. Mm-hmm. You got to stand in the gap. Yeah. And I, I know at the time, um, Char and Dee were little girls. How did that, yeah. how did their brother's death affect them? Only, you know, being that he was only two months old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were like, at the time, they were like five and seven. Yeah, so they didn't too much understand, you know, they cried, mm-hmm. and, but they didn't too much understand, you know, about death, you know, but um, it did, it did affect them because they, you know, they, they were hurt, they were grieving, you know, just like we were grieving, and they didn't know, you know, what to do um, with that grief, and, but I'm, I'm thankful that I didn't have to go through them, you know, acting out or anything like that because sometimes that does that does happen. Right, and, um, it does. Yeah, it does happen. But I, I thank God that that didn't happen um, with them, with the girls. But you know, as, as we go on, you know, I will tell you a story <laughs> where later on, you know, that did happen with one of my grandchildren. So. So I did experience that as well. Yeah, yeah, I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> right. With moving forward, um, mm-hmm. I don't quite remember which one passed away first, Char or D. D. But D did. D, D passed D. away first. The youngest yeah. passed mm-hmm. first. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about yeah. um these personality and you know the things you know just tell us about these and yeah. then her eventual you know her um her diagnosis right yeah well d was um she thought she was everybody's mom you know <laughs> even though she was the youngest between her and shot but she she always was much older than her years you know so she would always be the one she was the talking to one and everybody would say i don't know where that girl come from because I've always been quiet, but that girl, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, she never <laughs> met a stranger. I don't care where from a little girl, as soon as she could talk, she talked, you know, <laughs> and everywhere we went, she was, she would not meet a stranger. She would just strike up a conversation. She can have a conversation with anything and anybody, you know, <laughs> and that, that's how she was. She was the outgoing one. She was the, the, you know, the bubbly one, the, the, the one that, you know, always wanted to be doing something, always had to be doing something, and always wanted to be bossing somebody around, you know. <laughs> and, That's uh, what young yeah, siblings very do. Very strong will. <laughs> <laughs> very, very strong will. Yeah. So, um, and um, as she got older, you know, she gave her life to Christ, and that calmed her down, you know, somewhat. She didn't lose that, that, um, that stubbornness, she didn't, she didn't lose any. That that stayed with her, you know. And that Peter Spears. Yeah, yeah, Peter Spears. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. That Peter Spears. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how she was, you know. And she she loved planning parties. She was our vacation planner, you know. Whenever we wanted to get away um, as a family, she would be the one that would plan it. If somebody had a birthday, 
she'll be the one to plan the, the parties, you know, and everything. She loves doing that. She loves people, and she just loves doing things, you know, for people. So it, she would give you her last dime if you needed it. You know, she had such a big heart. And so it was around, um, she had already had her, her two children, and um, she was married and had two kids, and she had Destiny and Marcus. And Destiny was the oldest, and Marcus was the youngest. And it was in 2011, we were actually at the funeral of uh, my mother's, one of my mother's sisters, uh, my Aunt Barbara. We were at her funeral, and Dee said she wasn't feeling well, and she didn't know. She said she just had this pain in her lower abdomen. And, um, and so when we came home late on that night, we had to rush her to the emergency room. Um, and we didn't know, you know, what was wrong. And her leg had swollen up, you know, like leg was like twice the size. And we was like, mm-hmm. something is wrong, you know? So we rushed her to the emergency room. And, um, and so they examined her and they told her that it was, um, cellulitis. So they gave her something for inflammation and, and sent her home. So it was about two days later, she woke up and the leg was even bigger. So we were like, mm, something something else is going on here. And still that pain in her lower abdomen. So we went to went back to the emergency room um, that next day. And the doctor said he wanted to do a, um, a pelvic exam. And so, you know, so I was in there in the room with her, just the two of us. Because um, at the time, her husband, um, he was incarcerated. So, so they were, she and the kids, had moved from Valdosta and had come to stay with me. So mm-hmm. they were living with me. And so she, um, the doctor did the exam and not to, you know, be too gross you know, on the show, but when he did the exam, he had to put a bucket underneath her because so much blood started gushing out. And Jesus. at the moment he, he looked up at her and then, and the doctor looked at me and he just, he shook his, he shook his head and he said, um, I'm going to, call an oncologist, he said, but from the looks of, of things, um, I think this is cervical cancer. And he said, but let me get an oncologist, you know, and so we can um, get this confirmed. And so sure enough, we waited for the, um, we did a little biopsy and we waited for the test to come back and the oncologist came in and he said, yeah, he said, I'm sorry to tell you this, but um, your daughter, she does have cervical cancer and it was stage four already. Stage mm. four. Yeah, so we went through through that journey of um, having to get a port put in and her going through chemo. She had to do chemo and radiation. And of course, mm-hmm. before that, she had to have a complete hysterectomy. And they thought that, you know, once that hysterectomy, that um, she would have been okay. But then it, it still it started spreading, you know, to um, her lymph nodes and everything. Mm-hmm. Even with all the chemo, and they gave her the strongest chemo that they had, they said the chemo that they give to lung cancer patients, which is a very mm-hmm. strong dosage of chemo. So the chemo and the radiation. And just to see my daughter going from being, you know, like I told you, this this party planner, this vibrant, you know, young lady to someone who, you know, could no longer do anything for herself and lost her hair and, you know, and lost weight and just, and everything, just to see her go from one you know, person to to someone that you can barely recognize because she just wasn't that same person anymore. You know, she just didn't right. 
She said she couldn't do the things that, that she normally could do. So that was that was a very rough journey for them and more so for for her, you know, because she's so used to doing stuff, you know, because she, like you said, she was a free spirit. So mm-hmm. she could no longer be that free spirit again, and that really took a took its toll on her. But you would never know it because she kept a smile on her face. And no matter how much pain she was in, and sometimes we'd be sitting in the living room together, and I would see her, and I would see her, like, flinch. And so I knew she was in pain. But then when I would say something to her, she'd turn around, and she'd have that smile on her face, you know. And and she she kept that smile on, on her face until the day she took her last breath, which was um, in 2012. On September 18th of 2012, she took her last breath. And, um, that smile when when you yeah. asked her like when you're looking at them flinching in pain and mm-hmm. you asking her you know are you okay and she smiled right. that was to put that smile was to put you at ease mama I'm okay but really I'm not yeah. okay but you know right. we as mamas right. we, you know I think mamas you know we as mamas yeah. we know we know. We, right. know we know we know you know mm-hmm. Olivia Olivia can call me but it's just that something in her voice. I said, she's not telling exactly. me something. I, it's That's something right. there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just something yeah. there. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, it's, it's something to this right here. So she called right. me not too long ago and um, mm-hmm. and I went to see her run, you know, but COVID, they're not allowing spectators to track events. So with, gotcha. um, and with her running in Alabama, you know, we were mm-hmm. able to go and that was like Valentine's weekend. And I know oh, wow. that, you know, Reginald would always buy her, you know, little, he would always get yeah. something for the girls for Valentine's Day. Right. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I knew when, I, when she called me, I heard it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I know what it is. And she's like, Mama, you know, you can still come. And I was already making my reservation. She, soon as she said, I can right. come, I'm making my reservation. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know? And, mm-hmm. you know, she was so happy when I brought her. her so I, I, we brought a, a bouquet of mixed roses for her. And she yeah. was so yeah. happy, and I gave her a card. I said, let me sign it. Mommy, you don't have to sign it because I only got one mama. <laughs> you know, but I'm like, wait a minute. I like to put dates on them so you can remember them. <laughs> right. That's you right. Know, you know, like, you you know, when when you're a mama, you you, you just know it. You know you it. Know. You know That's it. That's right. You know it. having to say a word. <laughs> mm-hmm. You just know. It just says something you special know. that God um, gives mamas. You know, he yeah. just gives it, you know, it's that thing, that extra, I, they say six cents. I'm like, hey, we mama sometimes have seven and eight cents. <laughs> Girl, I know, right? <laughs> we usually have a five, we got three extra cents. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> We're the eighth wonders of the world. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's um, right. And especially when you have that connection with your children. Yeah, you're gonna pick yes. up on certain things. You're gonna pick up on the unspoken, the unsaid you things, you know, with them and you know what not. That's whatnot. right. That's right. Mhm. But I like what you said. Like you said, she was doing that smile was for me, and mm-hmm. and and that's something that you know I still think about today, and 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 it hurts. You know, it hurts because I'm like this girl going through all this pain, and she's still trying to smile for her mama. You know, I'm like, no. mm-hmm. and I'm like, no, you, 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 I'm through. I mean, I'm going through too, but I, but, but because I'm watching my child who I love so much be in so much pain and there's nothing I can do. 
you know, Amen. but it's nothing mm-hmm. like you actually going through that pain. You're the one that's hurting, and you're trying to make sure I'm okay. You know, I mean, that, selfless. that was very that, selfless. Yeah. Selfless. That was very that selfless. Was a selfless act. Very mm-hmm. selfless. Yeah. Very selfless. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if I could be that way. I'd be like, oh no, you gonna know I'm hurting. I'm, I'm hurting. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I well, hope I can be. You know, God forbid anything like that should happen to me. But you know, if it was, I hope that I can be as selfless as she was. You know. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. And she left behind two, two children. children. Yeah. Daughter yeah. and a son. And I know and that impacted them in a in a very oh, very girl, very did. hard so way. It definitely was fifteen, and it was three days before her sixteenth birthday. Mm. Yeah, Mm-mm. yeah, and then and Marcus was ten, and so yeah, so they yeah they they took it um, very hard. Marcus more so than um well Marcus showed his. That's why I, I put it that way. He showed his, and and that's where their acting out came in because he didn't understand. You know, because he, he told everybody that his mama was his best friend, because that's that son and that mother, you know, because mm-hmm. they were so close, you know. And when when I was taking care of her, if I wasn't, if I stepped away, he was there. He would hold he would hold his mama, you know, he would, her head would be laying in his lap, and he'd be rubbing her hair, well, her head, because, you know, she had lost all her hair, but he'd be rubbing her head. And even when she was, you know, had to, um, to throw up, he would be right there rubbing her, and he'd have the bucket there, and he'd be wiping her mouth. I mean, he took care of her, you know. But as with Destiny being 15, she she withdrew. And she didn't she didn't she couldn't she couldn't handle it. She didn't like seeing, you know, her her mom like that, you know, the the vomiting and all that. She couldn't she could she couldn't she internalized her. It was, it was, she internalized it. Yes. Mm-hmm. She sure did. That's the correct her. word. She internalized it. And him, he he acted out, you know, once she passed, yeah. you know, going to school because he didn't know what to do with that grief. You know, sometimes it's hard for us as adults to know exactly. what to do with that grief. You know, so what do we expect for a child to do? You know, this is a 10-year-old boy. He didn't know what to do with that grief. He's still a baby, you know. He's still a baby. He's still a baby. Yep, and actually, he was nine because he didn't turn ten until she died in September, and he turned ten in November. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. He 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 went down a rough road, but praise God, we we you know we got him on track, and now he he's doing well. He's he's nineteen. And Destiny's 23, or Destiny's 24. Okay. Destiny's 24, yeah. And so they're, they're both doing well. That's good. That is yeah. wonderful. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. And yeah. I'm quite sure they still have thoughts of their mom because oh, they have that do. relationship. Oh, you know, I just mm-hmm. can't imagine. I'm just glad that Marcus is at a place now where he can, you know, he can, um, I, I won't say so much put a, have a grip on his emotions, but he's able mm-hmm. to deal with his emotions in a different yeah. way. Um, exactly. and, and outwardly, yeah. um, because you don't want, we just don't want him going down another road. We don't want that. Right. No, no, sir, mm-hmm. Marcus. Not that's at all. No, Marcus, that's a no, no. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no, Marcus, no, Marcus, no. Yeah, but he's working now. He's working at FedEx, so he's happy with his job. And wonderful, yeah. wonderful. Yeah, so he's doing good. That's wonderful. That is so and he, good. And he still lives with me. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, he, if he's like Kimon, he, listen, he ain't going anywhere. <laughs> right, exactly. Not yet, not yet. Not yet. Mm-mm. Not yet, not yet. So no. with the passing of D in 2012, mm-hmm. now we have Shar. Yep, now we have Shar. And Shar was my quiet daughter. You know, she was more like her, she was more like her mama, you know. She she loved school. Yeah, just the opposite. Dee Dee hated school. But Shaw, she, <laughs> she 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 yeah, she hated school. <laughs> this is the restrictions. That's what it was with Dee. It was the restrictions. Oh yeah, she didn't like nobody telling her what to do. No restriction. Exactly. You are so right. <laughs> I don't know how you know my child, but you know. <laughs> Maybe because yeah, I see myself in Dee. Yeah, oh, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love schools, but there were so mm-hmm. there were a lot of restrictions that, that I don't know. They just had a lot of restrictions that just didn't make yeah, me. Yeah, she didn't like. She didn't yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Mm-mm. She would yeah. she would walk through the front of the school and speak to the principal and everything, and go right out the back door and go hang with her friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, I had. Was. I had too many people that were reporting, so it was accountability, oh, and I couldn't do okay. it because if you know my gotcha. parents, that was not going to happen. I saw right, Veronica, right. no, no, you did not see me. That was somebody else. That was somebody <laughs> no, else. So, mm-mm, mm-mm, <laughs> no, that, I couldn't just say hey to the principal and walk out the back door. No, that my mom and dad, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, that just wasn't mm-hmm. going to work. If they're listening, Georgia Dot, it wasn't going to work. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> So, Char yeah. was quiet. Char she loved school. Loved school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she was um, and like I said, you know, Dee was was her second mama. You know, okay. but, um, she was a graduate of a beach high school. And she oh, she loved that school. She loved being a bulldog. You know? Oh, any you know Chatham right. County. You know, you know that was the first black high school for African Americans. Yes, that's right. So mm-hmm. that's the home of the mighty bulldogs. Yeah, that's Lottie. right. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's my mom's alma mater. Shout out, shout oh, out to the class okay. of '65 for Dorothy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, I'm on blue jacket. I'm a blue jacket. Blue jacket for life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
in 2015, and and Shara was diagnosed with um, lupus um, several years before she passed. And but it was um, under control. You know, every now and then she would have a flare up, and mm-hmm. she would you know be really tired and have some swelling and, and stuff like that. And um, but you know was regularly seeing a doctor, and you know and, and thought we had it all under control. And it just happened on a on a Friday. I was at work and I got the call that she was being rushed to the emergency room because she was having trouble breathing. And so I immediately um, told my boss about it and and left work and drove to Atlanta, and um, to be with her that Friday. So I got there and I, and she was having a, a every time she breathed it, it just she was in so much pain. Wow. And everything. And so, yeah. And so they were running a bunch of tests and, and they said it looked like um, she may have pneumonia. Um, but they were going to see, you know, running different tests to see what else was going on um, with her. And so I spent the night with her that Friday um, in the hospital in Atlanta. And then Saturday they said they was going to run a, a small procedure that would only take about 15 minutes to try to help alleviate some of that, um, her airways so, so that she can breathe a little better mm-hmm. and everything. And so we, you know, sitting around in, in the waiting room and 15 minutes went by and then 30 minutes went by. And I'm like, I thought they said the procedure was only going to take 15 minutes, you know, and nobody was coming mm-hmm. out and saying anything to us. And then I finally, I saw a nurse coming out of her room and I saw the nurse shaking her head and I was like, Mm-mm, something is wrong. Something and I kept telling everyone when we were sitting in the room, I kept telling her pastor's wife, I said, um, I'm just not, you like you say, you know, you had that gut feeling. And I right. had a feeling that something was wrong. You know, and they said, no, maybe, you know, they just give it a little time. And maybe, you know, um, they had to go see about somebody else, you know, just saying a bunch of different, you know, excuses. And I was like, no, no, something just doesn't, some, something just doesn't feel right in my gut. And that's when I looked and I saw that nurse come out of the room and I saw her shaking her head and I said, no, I said, I'm going in. So I I went into the room and they said, doctor said, we were, come, we were coming out there. We just ran into some um, complications and they said, well, we're going to step out and we're going to let you, um, you know, sit here and talk with her for a while. And um, I would tell you, Veronica, when I touched her, I felt no, no life in her. And I, I was like, no. And they, and they was whatever that, I forgot what you call that thing where the nurse was in there and she was pumping, you know, that air into her with that, I forgot what you call it, but they were pumping air into her lungs. And I was like, so she's not breathing on her own. And like I said, when I felt her, it, it just was no life in her leg. When I touched her leg, it just didn't feel like there was no life. And so um, so I left out of the room. The doctor said he was coming to talk to us. And when I walked back into that waiting room, I just collapsed in her, you know, pastor's um, wife's arms. because she was right there at the door because I, I, I just knew. I said, that's, my daughter's no longer there. I said, that's, that's, that's not her, you know. Right. And so then the doctor came and told us that um, she had went under um, cardiac arrest during the, during the procedure. And, and they said she did it um, three times. And, and by that time, um, so it was the second time and he said so we got her you know back we brought her back and so he said well anybody else want to come in and, and, t- and, and see her so the kids went and her fiance went and um, and her pastor and his wife they, they went in there 
and they came back out and, and the kids were crying because they, they knew the same thing. And then sure enough, she did go into cardiac arrest for the third time and, and they couldn't bring her back. So that was, that was, you know, I, that was sudden, you know, with, with D, it's right. like, you know, I had, we had, we had that time, <laughs> you know, we had that right. time, you know, well, first with BJ, there was no time. And then I went from not having no time with him and then D, we had that time you know, to really bond with her and, and just love on her and tell her things that, you know, that we wanted to say to her, you know, before she passed. And then with Shaw, you know, just that, that Friday, I'm in the room with her, you know, talking to her and she said her feet was dry. So I took some lotion and put feet, you know, massage her feet, put lotion on it and on her legs and everything. And then Saturday she was gone. Yeah. And it's, you know, and that's so traumatic, you know, whether mm-hmm. it happened um, suddenly or it was like over a, you know, a span, right. a period of right. time. And it's very mm-hmm. traumatic. And um, a is. lot of times, sometimes it lingers and you become exasperated. Um, yes. Where you're not able to perform, you know, the day-to-day task. And, right. and, and, it, and it takes a toll on your body. Like with me, it my does. hair fell out. I mean, oh, my gosh. hair had grown to my shoulders, mm, but I would take right. a shower and my I'm hair would come out in clumps. Just, oh my you know, clumps, clumps stress, and clumps of hair yeah, in the shower. Yeah. You know, it was the stress mm-hmm. of it all. And mm-hmm. and I can imagine, you know, the children, because I, I mean, you watch, I see oh, Olivia, I mean, I watch Jordan, I see Kiki. I can tell when mm-hmm. they're having their moments about Reginald's death. Yes, and I'm quite sure you can, so you can, you can always oh, yeah. tell. You can always mm-hmm. tell. You can tell. You can tell. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how are Caitlin and the twins doing, Bernard and Brandon? How are they doing? Yeah, they're, they're doing good. And it's, um, actually, I have Caitlin with me as well. So I have, okay. I have the oldest from my oldest daughter living with me and the youngest from my youngest daughter living with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Caitlin, Caitlin, Caitlin is working, and um, and like I said, Marcus is working, and the twins, um, Bernard is in the Marines. This is his second year. He's a wow, um, Lance Corporal, mm-hmm. yeah, in the Marines, and he's stationed in California. And, okay. Um, and Brandon is is here in Savannah as well, and and he's working. So all of them are, are gainfully employed, and um. You know, and, and and still have their moments. You know, their anniversary, their mother's birthday. You know, because we we have um, these birthdays, June the twentieth, and Shaw's is December third. So when their mom died in in November, she died November the the fourteenth, and then mm-hmm. the following. You know, we had Thanksgiving. We had buried her. Thanksgiving was coming up, and then right the next month was her birthday. You know, so those those dates. You know, they, they don't forget, you know, they always think about their mother, you know, especially on the birthdays and the anniversaries right. of their deaths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. you're right. You know, watching them and, and I feel as though that hurt me even more. You know, it's like I didn't have time to really grieve myself right. because I had to be strong for them. You know that my focus was was on them and making sure that that they're okay. 
you know, because that, that's the hardest thing, like, you know, to watch your children grieve, your grandchildren grieve. Oh, my gosh. You know, just to see them, the hurt in their eyes and um, dropping, I remember dropping Caitlin off to school and I mean, she was, oh, my gosh, she was just so, you could just see the sadness when in her eyes. It's just that, that because she's, she's like D. You know, she got, I said, then y'all got, you and Destiny, y'all got them, they got your mama's mixed up. Because <laughs> Caitlin's like D and, and Destiny is like Char. You know, she loves school and, and heads, but, but she is headstrong like her mom definitely is. But she, um, but she is more like, um, they're more her like aunt. their aunts <laughs> than they are their own mothers. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is so funny. You know, that yeah. you see both Char and Dee in the, in the two daughters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the girls. Exactly. That is so mm-hmm. funny. Just the opposite. Just the <laughs> of opposite. one another. Yep. Of one mm-hmm. another, just the opposite yeah. of one another. Just the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot of people um, will tell you. They say, um, you know, that cliche that time heals all wounds, and oh, that, that is that that is so not so. And I'm very mm-hmm. cautious and careful about what I say to people when they're yeah. grieving or in in yeah. the um, moment of bereavement, and they're, and they're mm-hmm. lost because. Time, time makes it manageable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know it makes it manageable. Right. But you will that the heal you'll heal, but mm-hmm. the healing to process it to a certain extent. You know, mm-hmm. like um today, like last weekend was our twenty would have been our twenty eighth wedding anniversary. And I always say, oh, oh hey, Mister Brown, today is our twenty eighth wedding anniversary. And, you know, yeah. God always has a ram in the bush for 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 me. And I mm-hmm. look at, I look at, I take the podcast as one of those rams and blessings, you know, to yes. help me, you know, in yes. this grieving process. And do That's I still right. grieve? Of course I do. Of mm-hmm. course I still grieve. Mm-hmm. Do I still right. miss him? Of course I miss him. Oh, I told him today, I said, oh, I miss your miss big them. ears. <laughs> yeah, we will always miss them. <laughs> right, always, yeah. always. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's um inconsiderate. To tell a person, yeah. well, you know, you got just get over it. No, 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 right. no, 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 no. You just, you just don't no. get over it. It doesn't no. happen like that. Mm-mm. You know, and, and I've always told my children, you know, you don't allow, and I definitely won't allow anyone to tell you, well, you know, you know, um, you can move forward, you can do the, we can live forward, but it, mm-hmm. you don't let anyone tell you how to grieve. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you no. how to grieve. I can't tell no. you how to grieve for a daddy. Because my daddy is still alive, mm-hmm. you know. So I can't. I, I I can um empathize with them, sympathize. But mm-hmm. my daddy, my daddy is still here. I don't. I don't know right. that feeling. Right. But I see it on their faces. I don't. I don't know it, you but do. I see. I just keep them in mm-hmm. constant prayer, and I know you keep your grands in constant prayer as well. <laughs> right. That's right. I you know. That's do. all we yep. can do for them is to keep them in prayer. You know. That's and, all um, we can do. You know. I just think. I just thank God for for the platform to to talk about it openly yes. and be transparent about it because a lot That's of times right. in our in our community and I said African African American community mm-hmm. we don't really talk about death in the dying process. Nope. That's <laughs> you know, right. Like, you know, you want use these little cutesy words. You know, <laughs> yeah. no, 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 no. It, it's real. No. This is real. It is real. Yes, it is real. Yes. And we have to deal right. with these issues because 
they can take on um, mental mm-hmm. issues. You, you know, like you said, you get depressed. Right. You're, you, you're yeah, anxious. That's right. Mm-hmm. You're not sleeping that's at right. night. Your hair falling out, you know. Right. That's, that's <laughs> you know, you right. You begin to not have self-care and self-love. So, you know. Right. And I just thank God that, you know, we had the villages there to help us with our self-care and, and going through the depression yeah. and the, the anxiety right. and the hurt part of it. You know, mm-hmm. I really, I really bless God for the <laughs> Yeah. For our, for our <laughs> I thank God for That's our right. villages. Oh, I yeah. want our listening audience to know that um, Georgia is available for speaking engagement and on workshops, you know, which, you know, to share her journey in hopes of helping mm-hmm. others get a grip. Remember, yeah. grip is <laughs> grace, restoration, inspiration, and prayer. Yeah, yes. So that we, we can continue living. Yes. Yeah, so that we can continue living and loving and enjoying life to the fullest. To the fullest, to the fullest. Yeah. I always end in prayer. But before we end in prayer, tell the listening audience how they can reach you, what platforms they can reach out to you on. Mm-hmm. I can be reached on my website, georgettdjackson.com. Or I can also be reached on Facebook, Georgette Jackson. Or you can reach me um, through my email, author, georgettdjackson at gmail.com. Would you care to lead us in prayer tonight? Sure. Father, you said when two or three are gathered together in your name, that you are in the midst. So we know right now, Father, that you are with us and that you are leading and guiding us in the direction that you would have us go. Father, we thank you for the listeners tonight. We pray, Lord, that you send your comforting spirit to those who are grieving the loss of loved ones. Father, may they always have hope for a better tomorrow. May they always know that you are with them, that you love them, you care for them, and that you want them to cast all of their burdens upon you, because you care for them. And Lord, let them know that whatever they're going through, Father, whatever they're grieving, the loss of a loved one, the loss of employment, the loss of a relationship, whatever it is, Father, they can bring it to you. Because Father, you said that weeping may endure for a night, but joy Mm -hmm. comes in the morning. And we don't always know what morning that is, Father, but we know that that morning is coming because you love us, we trust you, we believe in you, we honor you, Father. And we give you all the praise, we give you all the honor, we give you all the glory, for you are a good God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. We're going to believe that we are going to be okay. We're going to survive and thrive through our grief and our loss as we live forward. Thank you all for tuning in to Pearls with Veronica, Episode 17, and my guest, Georgette Jackson, on Positive Power Double X, on Jerry Royce's Power, (laughs) Positive Power (laughs) Double X, our Christian media. Jerry, thank you for the platform. Thank you for inspiring me to be an aspiration to, to others on this journey. I thank you, and you all have a good evening. Good night. Good night.
Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not perceive those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangels, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Thank you for joining us, Pearls with Veronica. Thank you for tuning us on Tuesday night at 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Join us and share the file. I'm Jerry Woods Live Worldwide, and welcome to Positive Power, Double XI Christian Media. You are listening to Jerry Royce Live Worldwide Podcast. Liam 